I've got a railroad car filled with your pasta sauce. I've got approximately 33,000 gallons. I want to sell it back to you. He goes, why would we do that? I said, because I'm willing to sell it back to you for less than it costs you to make it. He said, look, I don't have time for this. I'll give you a buck and a half a gallon. Take it or leave it. I said, well, I'll have to leave it. Now, Dave, why at the last hour, the only guy who's willing to do this, I turned down a buck and a half a gallon. I I don't even know. I don't even know. Hold your breath. I said, I want a dollar sixty-five a gallon. He's not going to turn me down. I just bumped it ten percent. I know it costs him three dollars. He doesn't know. I know it's three dollars. Why is he going to turn down a measly fifteen cents a gallon? Yeah. Multiply fifteen cents times thirty-three thousand. I, I got to do that. <laughs> I got to do that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what? And he said, do we have a deal? And I said, almost. He said, what's almost? And I said, how much will you give me for the boxcar? Dave, most people don't think about the value of the container. Wow. They think about what's inside the container. Ah. I should never get this dude of mine. Here we go. He's killing it. What's that? He's so in love and he's mad about it. Mad love. That's why we say. Come on, man. You already know. Mad love. Shout out to everybody listening. Tune in to QSJRadio.com, home to the unsigned artists. How are you guys doing out there? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Today we got James D. Feldman. A little bit about himself. I'm going to tell you something right now. This guy is so serious that one day, it was like four days of work. He decided he was just going to make $50,000. I don't even know what that looks like, but... We're going to learn today, okay? (laughs) It was a hot summer day, and when he was uh, tagged along with a friend, and he wanted to adjust, uh, he wanted to see what an adjusted railroad car was. Now, he told me, I can't tell this story. He has to tell the story. Hey, James, how you doing? Welcome to QSJ Radio. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dave. Hey, this is like one of our first times that we have a business serious person here. Not saying that anybody else wasn't serious, but not as serious and as a history as you are. So, James, what is this? What's this history of this adjusted railroad car? So when I was in law school, we had a study group and one of the fellows in the study group called and said, hey, Feldman, I can't make the study group. I've got to adjust a railroad car. What does that mean? What is the, you what? know, adjust a railroad car. I, I don't know. Does that require a lot of tools? Well, he's no, Feldman. I'm an insurance adjuster part-time. Ah. 
They lost the railroad car. We paid their claim. Now we found it. I've got to go out and see what's in it and then figure out what to do with it. I said, I have to go. This is just way too cool. On a very hot summer day, we went to the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe switching yard, and we found the railroad car. It was padlocked. We had to go back and get a bolt cutter. We, we cut the lock off. We opened it up, and it's filled with number 10 size cans. That's restaurant size cans of Chef Boyardee spaghetti sauce. What? <laughs> whole, whole railroad car. What? A railroad car... A car of spaghetti sauce. Pasta sauce, right. Wow. Okay, so what happens next? So we're standing there. I mean, it's like 100 plus degrees. We're dying of the heat. I said, now what? He says, I don't know. He says, I got to go find somebody that wants it. I said, well, if that guy was standing here now, what would you take for it? He goes, this minute, right now? I said, yeah. He goes, $5,000. I go, so so you took the five. I, you took I the said, you took the pasta for five thousand dollars for that for five thousand. Okay, now, okay. Here's the important part, Dave. I didn't have five thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> so so I had to go to the bank to try to borrow the money. And the bank is looking at me like I got three heads. Of course, and they're going. This is the stupidest thing we've ever heard of. Well, I want to do this. Well, Jim. If you really want it that bad, then you bring us all your camera equipment. At the time, I was a professional photographer. That's how I was making my living. So I brought them all my camera equipment. They locked it up in their vault, and they wrote a check for $5,000. So on a Thursday, I now own a boxcar filled with pasta sauce, and I'm high-fiving. Okay. <laughs> because when I got home, I figured out I'd measured the boxcar. The boxcar was 60 feet long. Okay. It was 20 feet high. It was four feet, eight and a half inches wide. My best guess, after figuring out the size of one can and the square volume, was that I owned 33,000 gallons of pasta sauce. That's, okay. That's a lot. Do, do the math. If I've got 33,000 gallons and I paid $5,000, what's my acquired cost per gallon? 20 cents, 30 cents, roughly, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I can't lose. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a killing on this, right? So I am like breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. This is the best thing that I've ever come up with. Next morning, the phone rings. Mr. Feldman, yes. Tim Schmidt, Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad. Hi. Did you buy railroad car MDW 1962? Yeah. Let's move it. What? Move it. So you left it there. Well, is I going to take it home, Dave? What are you going to do with a railroad car? <laughs> true, true. Okay. He says, how fast can you move it? I said, uh, uh, I said, let me explain. This is the first time I've ever bought a railroad car. Yeah, okay. He says, he says, you have a locomotive? No. You have a caboose? No. You have a trainman? No. You have an engineer? No. You have the easement rights to move it over other railroad tracks? No. He said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And I said, well, get in line. The bank said the same thing. Okay. <laughs> he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a law student. He goes, well, this is your lucky day. I'm off for the weekend. I'm taking a couple of personal days, Monday and Tuesday. I need an answer by Wednesday. Have a nice weekend. Click. 
So you got a guy to move. <laughs> okay. Dave. Wow. Do you understand that this is about a hundred tons or more? This is a lot. This can go a lot of places. This is a lot of money. So I reconvene the study group and I decide that I will get a pony of beer and some pizzas and I'll tap into some really bright minds. Okay. Hey guys, before we start studying, I got a question. What if, just suppose, <laughs> what if? <laughs> if you guys are just tuning in, we got James D. Feldman in here and we're just talking about his time that he and a friend went to go adjust a railroad cart and his friend was uh, an insurance adjuster and he f in that car in that railroad car because they lost it they found a lot of tomato sauce okay a lot of it and his friend asked him hey five thousand uh, no 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 he asked his friend if the guy in front of you was in front of you. Somebody wanted it. How much would you sell it for? And he said, 5000 And he said, okay, it's mine. Then he goes to the bank. He tells him what he just did. He doesn't even have the money for it. Tries to get a loan. And the bank is looking at him crazy. Now, after a day or two, the, the, the guy, the, who was he again? He was the switching yard foreman. The switching yard foreman for the railroad calls him and says, hey, did you buy this car? This railroad track on this railroad track, I need you to move it. And right now we're on this this. <laughs> Remember, he got a lot of tomato sauce in here. Okay, let's get. And and now he's trying to figure out how he's going to move this car. And the foreman is advising him or letting him know, hey, I got a few days off. Click. All right, all right. Go ahead. So. We started doing the, where was it going? Obviously, it was going somewhere. Who bought 33,000 gallons of pasta sauce? So we start making a list. The military, prisons, yep. universities, hospitals. I got my list. Monday morning, I'm pumped. I get on the phone. I find that there is a training base about 100 miles away, mm. and they get new people in every couple of weeks. So you could serve pasta to everybody because yeah. nobody's there long enough to complain. It's a deal. <laughs> True story. Okay. Your first so I, gig is is in the military. Right. <laughs> That's money right there. Oh, my God. So, Go ahead. So I call the guy, and he says, I'll tell you what, kid. He says, I'll give you $2 a gallon. I got 33,000 gallons. That's $66,000. Off of a five. <laughs> and I'm off five. Don't get excited, Dave. Okay, I'm not, but I'm looking he at He said, all I need from you is your GSA number. <sighs> What's a GSA number? You don't when have you one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those government, like, <laughs> IENs. Oh, my right, God. Right. Oh, man. He, he says, no worries. I'll mail you the paperwork. You fill it out and you mail it to Washington. In a couple weeks, you'll have your number. And I said, I don't think you understand. I got to get this moved by Wednesday. Oh, man. He says, not going to work. So I call prisons. Hey, we'll take it. What's your GSA number? 
I called a couple of hospitals. We'll take it. What's your GSA number? Wow. So I realized that the only place is distributors. I can't get any distributors to call me back. I'm running out of time. So here here we go with the thinking process, Dave. We started, where's it going to? Let's refocus. Where was it coming from? So we know who makes it. It's Chef Boyardee. That's American Home Family Products. I get on the phone. I find out who's the product manager. I get to that guy's desk, and this delightful young lady answers the phone, and she says, I'm a temp. They're all in a meeting. It's the end of the quarter. How can I help you? And I said, well, um, I need some help. I'm 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 uh, I'm a student. That was true. Yes. And I'm, a law and student. I'm working on, okay, and I'm guys. working on a project. That's true. And I need to know what the manufactured cost is of a commodity product like um, like pasta sauce. She says, I just told you I'm a temp. She says, however, they put a paper on my desk that said quarterly report. Let me see if I can find it for you so I can hear her thumbing through pages. Right. And she goes, is this what you're looking for? She goes, combined cost, all packaging, materials, advertising, labor, uh, $3 a gallon. Cool. Thank you. Now, if you would, put me on hold until the guy gets back. She goes, Jim, he's in a meeting. I don't know how long it's going to I said, it doesn't matter. I want to be the first person he talks to when he comes back to the office. Okay. Put me on hold. Oh, man. She said, it could be 45 minutes. It could be an hour. It could be. Put me on hold. How so long? I'm waiting. How? I'm waiting. Wow. 45 minutes. Okay. That's that's normal time these days. <laughs> guy, guy gets on the phone. He goes, have you really been waiting for 45 minutes? And I said, well, it's closer to an hour, but who's counting? He said, what do you want? I said, well, I've got a railroad car filled with your pasta sauce. I've got approximately 33,000 gallons. I want to sell it back to you. He goes, why would we do that? I said, because I'm willing to sell it back to you for less than it costs you to make it. He said, look, I don't have time for this. I'll give you a buck and a half a gallon. Take it or leave it. I said, well, I'll have to leave it. Now, Dave, why at the last hour, the only guy who's willing to do this, I turned down a buck and a half a gallon. I I don't even know. I don't even know. Hold your breath. I said, I want a dollar 65 a gallon. He's not going to turn me down. I just bumped it 10%. I know it costs him $3. He doesn't know I know it's $3. Why is he going to turn down a measly 15 cents a gallon? Yeah. Multiply 15 cents times 33,000. I got to do that. I got to do that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) What? And he said, do we have a deal? And I said, almost. He said, what's almost? And I said, how much will you give me for the boxcar? Dave, most people don't think about the value of the container. Wow. They think about what's inside the container. Uh. So we settled on $35,000 for the car. Now let's do the math, Dave. I got got $69,000. Right, I'm I'm there. Go ahead. All right, so so you do the math. <laughs> I am. Do it. Do calculate it out. Thirty three thousand. Thirty three thousand dollars sixty five. All right. What do you got? Okay, I'm pulling out the calculator because I I realize it's too long. 
33,000. If you guys are with me in the chat and you want to see how slow I am. <laughs> 54, 450. 54, now add. Okay. Now add 35,000. 35,000? 1,000. That's for the boxcar. What? What? <laughs> okay. 89,450. Okay. Okay. Now let's subtract the five thousand I owe the bank. Okay, got it. Be how much? Eighty-four thousand. Stop. All We're right. not done. I go back to the kid who took me there, the adjuster. All right. And I gave him five thousand dollars. Boom. And I said, anytime you're adjusting a railroad car, you know who to call. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Now what have I got, Dave? Seventy nine thousand four fifty. I go back to the railroad guy who let me stay there for a few days, and I gave him five thousand dollars. Of course. I said, "Listen, there's got to be other adjusters that have lost railroad cars. You give them my name, and if I buy a railroad car from any of your leads, I'll give you another five thousand dollars." Oh man! <laughs> what have I got left, Dave? Seventy four thousand four fifty. What was the best deal I had before all of this was 66000 Every day I'm hustling. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me tell you why this is important. Okay. I coined the phrase, think inside the box. It came because a railroad car is called a box car. Mm. And that's the box that I'm referring to. Think inside What's the box. Inside the box. If you guys are just tuning in with us, James D. Feldman in the house with us talking business, his first business deal that everybody seemed to have turned down except where the product actually came from and then made a, I don't even know, percentage. Uh, a profit out of that, which I think right now, if you th really think about it, an 89,000% value, because you didn't have anything, right? Less the five, less the five. Le okay, you know what I mean? Like, minus five. So where does shift happens? Where is this coming from? Because... This, you know, and if you guys are looking at his screen right now, you guys don't see it, but the logo, the F is a little higher with, you know, the word S-I, I can say it, it's my show, shit happens, but now it says shift happens. Uh, what's, what's the story behind that? When I was seven years old, seven, I went to my mother and I said, I'd like an allowance. She said, go talk to your father. So I went to my father. I said, I'd like an allowance. She says, go talk to your mother. Wow. So I got my mother and my father in the same room and learned my first business lesson. Yet all the decision makers in the same room at the same time. Very important lesson. We are we are learning here. If you guys are not listening, we are learning here. Oh, I'm, I'm tagging right now. Okay. Get every seven years old. You hustled your parents. Right. <laughs> It gets, it gets better. Let's go. So they were uniformly objecting to giving me an allowance. Okay. But All right. I said to them, then how do I earn money? When you've got a client that turns you down, 
you have an opportunity to talk to that guy and say, why did you turn me down? What could I have done better? What was it that didn't resonate with you? And you know what? 99% of the people will help you do it better for the next time. Mm. When people get turned, like, like you're asking a beautiful girl out on a date. You're asking for a good-looking guy out on a date, and they go, no. You go, why? Well, I don't go out with guys with beards. I don't go out with people. Oh, okay. But maybe there are some things you can change, mm. but you don't know if you don't ask. Mm. So I always ask questions. I am the guy that if you say, what time is it? I go, what do you mean by that? Time where? Daylight savings, not daylight savings. When someone says, how much is it? I go, am I buying or am I selling? Because mm. they're different. Yes. Yes. So my mother starts coming up with a list. My father says, wash the car, walk the dog, mow the yard, go open up a lemonade stand. Okay. I'm seven years old. What do most seven-year-old people do? They open up a lemonade stand. I walk outside, Dave, and there are lemonade stands lining both sides of the street. What? So I'm looking at it. I go back in my room. I'm in there for about an hour. I come out and I said to my mother, when are you going to go to Shopper's World? Shopper's World was like the precursor to Sam's Club, Costco, big box stores. And she says, I can go today. I said, let's go. So at seven years old, I said, you go shopping. I'll find you in a little while. I got to find out some stuff. How much is bulk sugar? How much is bulk lemonade? Bulk, okay. How much is bulk paper cups? All right. And how much are bulk Ziploc bags? And I create the mother's lemonade kit. And I go door to door at night and sell the mothers. There's no way. There's no way. Where is the in there? Where is the local newspaper? <laughs> there is no way. How did you think of that? <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. What? End of the summer. End of the summer. Seven years old. I had three hundred and fifty-one dollars in the bank. No way. And never was outside in the heat and never was worried about where the next dollar was coming from. What? Oh, my God. Big shout out to everybody listening. And if you just tuned in, we have business extraordinaire James D. Feldman in here with us talking to us about Think Inside the Box and Shift Happens at a young age already started taking over the block of we're going to just talk like that. Okay. We're <laughs> taking over the block, creating lemonade kits for everybody in the neighborhood that had lemonade stands instead of just doing the lemonade stand. That's, that's thinking inside the box. That's thinking inside the box. Okay. I need to know. So what, your question was, where did shift come from? Yes. There it is. You, all of us, have to shift our thinking. It's not about what to think, but how to think. Mm. So I always have a series of questions. What if? What's next? What's possible? Uh. And why not? I am... Yo, how much does it pay... <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but he kind of like, this is kind of a privilege right now because people pay to talk to this guy. All right. 
I'm not. We're not. We're not going to talk about how much, but it's five figures. F- Dave, right Dave has left the room, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Hey, congratulations. People won't even pay me $5. But anyways. And, and, and Dave, every client will say I undercharged him. Undercharged? Wow. Undercharged Okay. Him. So let's talk about that real quick. Big shout out to everybody listening. If you guys didn't know, big guy right here. Big pleasure to talk to him. If you guys are wondering why he's not an unsigned artist, because we're home to unsigned artists, because we have to change the conversation. Because everybody is a brand, especially this day and age. Now, that's not what he came here for. He came here to talk about other stuff. Okay, <laughs> that's just because I'm taking advantage of the situation. Okay, he'll get me. Don't worry. It'll be in my taxes. So, <laughs> James, yes, sir. Some of your clients, big clients. How did you change the way that they were thinking? Because uh, and, and, and what, what was one of your major situations that you had here? Because I see some of them are McDonald's, HP, Volkswagen. Uh, were these locals or were they the major guys? Okay, go ahead and, and, and let me know. How did you walk into that? As a lawsuit is, did you finish law school? I I. This is a great story. Okay. I did my time. I came back. I was short some hours. So I came back to Chicago and enrolled in law school again. Finished the number of hours that were required only to find out that when they transferred my transcript, they weren't going to give me the same number of hours credit as I had already accomplished. In other words, here's a three-hour course in law school A but they only wanted to give you two hours credit in law school B. So I would have had to spend one more year on top of the three years I'd already spent. And at that point I was making money doing other things. And I said, different passions showed up. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Now was, was law school a thing of like maybe family based or something that you really wanted to get into? No, no, I I went to law school really to learn the Socratic method of asking questions, and I came away with it. I came away with it. Wow. So here, I'll give you an example. You're talking to someone. Let's talk about they want to hire Dave to do something. Okay. First thing Dave says is what's important to you, to the customer. Forget about price. Forget about rate. What is it? What's your problem? What's keeping you awake at night? What's important to you? Once they articulate that, you repeat it, and then you say, what's important about that? Now they're, div- they're, they're convincing themselves, this is the problem. This is why I have to solve the problem. Let me reiterate question number one, what's most important to you? Reiterate number two, why is that so important? And then number three, what would you pay for the solution? Mm. <laughs> they've they've already come up with how big the problem is. So you don't have to deal with nickel diming. If it's a million dollar problem and you say I want ten thousand dollars, that's a deal. Why would anybody turn it down? If you said I get ten thousand dollars, they go, Oh, 
we can't pay you 10000 Yeah, but I'm making you a million. So I have a little rule of thumb, and here it is. Dave, you and I don't know each other. No. We're walking down the street, and I said, Dave, if you give me a dollar, yeah. I'll give you 10 Yeah. What would stop you from doing it? Nothing. Except maybe a trust issue. It might be the counterfeit. You might not actually let go yeah. of it. But yep. you, you'll get over all that because it's worth the risk. Yeah. That's exactly the conversation I have with big companies. All I want is 10% of whatever I save you or make for you. Wow. My fee is 10%. We can't pay that. Wait a minute. If I'm saving you $1,000 and you're paying me $100, you're making $900. Yeah. That's a nine times up when you had no investment. All of a sudden, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did you see flaws in the big companies or did they bring you in to fix those? Yes to both. Okay. So you read, you read Barron's, you read Investor's Business Daily, Wall Street Journal. So the first huge corporate deal I did was an article in the Wall Street Journal saying that there were going to be U.S. government restrictions on importing Japanese cars mm. because too many Japanese cars were coming into the market in the 80s. Well, what does a car dealer do? You're going to limit the number of new cars I can sell. I'm going to go out of business. So I contacted Toyota corporate and I said, the way to keep your dealers in business is to refocus their efforts on parts and service. Because if you can't sell me a new car, I got to repair the car I have. So they go, we don't know who you are. But, but <laughs> this is a phone call. What, this is a phone call. This was an initial phone call. Wow. This is the, okay. I'm, I'm going to start prank calling people, but go ahead. <laughs> so I said, tell you what, I'll go out to a local Toyota dealer. You pick them. So that you know it's not my relative or my best friend or whatever. You pick them. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to present them this idea. I'm going to bring a tape recorder and I'm going to record the conversation. If the conversation goes the way I think it's going to go, I'm going to call you back and play it. And then you can hire me. <laughs> what? What? James, there's no way. There's no way. Now this my is first, my this, first project with Toyota was $10,000. My second project with Toyota was $2.5 million. Here's why, Dave. They were putting out for bid my idea. Wow. My idea wow. was going out to bid to the vendors they'd already done business with. Mm. I hadn't done business with them, but it was my idea. So I, I went to them and I said, I have to be able to bid on this. That's only fair. Okay. You're not going to get it, but go ahead. I said, would you be willing to pay me $10,000 for that idea? And I'll give you the rights to that idea. And if I don't successfully get the bid, it's your idea. You paid me for it. It's your intellectual property. 
They said, you got a deal. That's fair. So they paid me $10,000. Yes, they did. <laughs> I, I used the $10,000 to go interview the 100 biggest dealers in the United States. Wow. I physically went to 100 dealers presenting them my big plan for the parts and service event. Now, this is this is one of those things, right? Get all, everybody in the room. Get Correct. everybody in the room. So you was doing one of those uh, death by PowerPoints or kind of situation like that? I, well, I'm going to explain that to you, Dave. <laughs> That's My death by PowerPoint was a 15 slide projector show. Yo, get out of here. The ones that you take out and then. No, no, no. Remember the carousel projectors that would go around with slides? (laughs) I had 15 projectors. Oh, man. Oh, man. All hooked up to a computer module that turned them on and off and advanced the slide and dimmed them, etc. So that I could get animation on the screen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Anybody want to press the button? <laughs> I know those volunteers were loving it. Oh, man. So here's what happened. I got to be one of the presenters, right? My only request to them was I want to be last. Mm. Okay. Why? Because-, because I didn't want them to have an excuse that they were waiting to see the other one. Yep. And I knew that I had talked to 100 dealers, which represented 82% of the total volume of Toyota business in the United States. I had enough dealers in my quill, you know, bows and arrow quiver that I said, (laughs) here's interviews with this dealer, that dealer. They love it. Are you going to go back and tell them that you didn't hire me? Are you nuts? Oh my God, if you guys just tuning in, James D. Feldman is in here talking about his, I don't want to use the word hustle because it's, it's not. You can use the word hustle. Okay. It's okay. okay. <laughs> his hustle mentality back in the eighties, early seventies of going from lemonade stand, hustling in the parents. Well, not really. Just letting them know, you know, um, and then. Here we are talking about Toyota Corporation. At one time, the United States was trying to be a little uh, iffy about bringing so many uh, cars in, in 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 the states, and said, "Hey, let's 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 build a service." Oh my! What's crazy is that how do you get these tools and parts? Did the cars still come? Did the parts come? I don't even know. Like. I think he, I think he's just let somebody else handle that. Like I'm like sitting here like, is this where the car the the, the imported car parts thing started? Like no, oh okay, no, they they'd always had it, but remember Toyota was a stepsister to General Motors and yes. Chrysler, yeah, and Ford, and it was just they were just a big annoyance to them, so they kind of went to the government and said, let's just stop them from bringing in Hondas and Mitsubishi and Toyota because the Japanese are flooding the market with cars and they're hurting the American car worker. Man. 
This is this is this is I'm telling you, this all started with Chef Bar D guys. I'm just letting you guys no, know right now. Start with the lemonade. I'll start with the lemonade. <laughs> then the Chef Boyer D, then Toyota. What you you have also you coined a lot of uh, uh terms. Uh think inside the box, shift happens, and now ist. So this now is N O W I S T. What is a now ist? I need a nowist is the opposite from a futurist. Mm, okay. Is that the future the futurist is out there. The nowist I help create a vision where others are not looking. I help capture what others are not seeing by applying uncommon common sense. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of thinking. I got. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is a lot of thinking. Okay. I'm bugging out. But <laughs> you help create a vision where others are not looking. Capture what others are not seeing by delivering uncommon common sense. Right. All right. That's gonna be a. <laughs> that's gonna be an essay for me to write. Um, so, so let's apl- let's apply this to your your music business just for a moment. Okay. Okay. Uh oh. I'm getting a free consultation, guys. Hold on. <laughs> what what you guys, the music business, has forgotten is the difference between push and pull. Kim Kardashian, God bless her, decides she's coming up with toilet tissue and everybody wants it because it's Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You and I come up with toilet tissue and they go, Who cares? But what if our toilet tissue was the toilet tissue that was still available during COVID when everybody was running out? Uh, Boom, God. What? Holy crap. That's what I want to know now. I want to know what companies, what don't, you can't say specifically if you don't want to, have you helped during COVID? Because there were some 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 companies that were like hurting and took advantage of the situation. Did you help any companies during COVID? There were so many of those out there that it's almost embarrassing. Because if you start to think about what's going on during COVID, yeah. People were what? At home. Yes. Right? Number 2. They were panicking, panicking over shortages. So there were hoarders buying stuff. They were creating How much toilet paper are you going to use if you're home or you're not at home? Does it change dramatically? No. It doesn't. Because most people, most people don't go number two in a public restaurant. So I came up with the phrase, if you don't look out for number one, you're going to step in number two. James, you sure you're not an artist? You sure you don't got an album out? You got to let me know because these are are what we call bars, okay? (laughs) Are you sure? Let me know. Let me know. (laughs) Yeah, if you don't look out for number one, you're going to step in number two. Okay. So so let me be a shameless promoter for 30 seconds. 
during COVID, I like everybody else, couldn't couldn't go anywhere, couldn't no. do anything. Yeah. So I had been I've I've written several books, but everybody who ever read my book, ever heard me speak, ever talked to me would say, "How do you teach somebody to do what you do?" So I decided I would write a book. So during COVID, I wrote a 250-page book called 3D Thinking Inside the Box. 3D Thinking Inside the yeah. Box. Okay. So this this is the book. Think yeah. Inside the Box. That's where the hat is. The hat's logo. Right. right. Okay. Okay. Now, how do I make my book stand out against everybody else's? I'm going to charge $50. That's... That's kind of cheap, right? That's kind of a lot for just a book. Yeah. Two fifty. No, first book? fifty dollars for a hardbound book. Now this is your first book. No, no it's my thirteenth book. Thirteenth <laughs> Okay. We're th- first COVID book. Let's just put it like that. Okay. <laughs> so my fifty dollar book comes with forty five minutes of one on one consulting. It's freaking hustling. I'm telling you, it doesn't it doesn't stop. So they buy your book, and what do they set up a Zoom call with you or something? Yeah, but they have to complete the book and prove to me that they have read. I got a bunch of questions that I ask them. Yeah, to make sure that they've read it because I don't want somebody to buy the book, never look at the book, and waste my time with dumb questions. I want them to be. Questions that are meaningful, actionable, measurable, and impact their bottom line. Mm. $50, get a Zoom call. He's going to give you test questions. You don't pass, you're gone. Wrong. What? what? When they when we book the call, yeah. there, there's no questions to them. Okay. Because they have already shown me that they've read the book. They're coming. Like I, like I will say to somebody... Tell me the story about the Toyota Rolex watch promotion. Listen, if you haven't read the book, there's no way to guess what that was. True. True. Tell me. Tell, tell me. Why tell I, me about it. <laughs> what? T- tell me why I, I started shipping 11 bottles of wine in a case instead of 12. This is uncommon common sense, people. I don't That's know what I said. Gonna, this is. Wow. James Feldman. James D. Felden, book out right now. Think inside the box. 3D thinking inside the box. So COVID did a lot for people. And one of these things. Or two people. Or uh, two people. Or or, or many. (laughs) And we uh, did a lot. A lot of people were thinking different. Your book here, what makes this different from your previous other business writings? Because this is a book that teaches you how to think, not what to think. How to think. How to think. Now, what is it specifically thinking about? Doesn't matter. Mm. Mm. So here's you, you asked me about COVID. Yeah. During COVID, the biggest losers were fresh and organic. Why? They have short shelf life. There weren't enough people going to the stores. Therefore, the stores would have 
product there that should have been taken off, but they weren't getting enough turn. Mm. What products did well? Frozen, processed food, eggs. Those are things that have a long shelf life. So because you're doing less frequent trips to the store, you want to bring back things that will last longer, right? Yep. Okay. So what do you do in your own business? I'll give you another example. I got hired by this luxury resort. Big, big time. $1,000 a night for a standard room. I'm waiting to meet with the general manager. He says, go to the pool, grab a bite. I'll meet you there. I don't look at the menu. I do what most guys do. Give me burger fries and a Coke and yeah, blah, blah, blah. A jack on the rocks, please. Right. <laughs> I'm watching the pretty girls walk by, and they bring me my bill. My bill is $29. $29? Oh, there must be some mistake. I ordered a hamburger, fries, mm. and a Coke. Yes, that's that's correct. What? Wait. How much is so, the, how much is the burger? The burger's twenty six dollars. <laughs> this is not a twenty six dollar hamburger. This is not Kobe beef. It doesn't have lobster tail. I didn't get a haircut and a manicure. <laughs> Are you nuts? I got so it. the manager shows up as I'm going off on this this bill. And he goes, what's the problem? And I tell him. And he goes, no, there must be some mistake. I said, there's the bill. He calls the waitress over. She says to the general manager, that's our price. And he is as shocked as I am. Now, don't forget, the general manager never sees the bill or the menu because he's the general manager. He sits down, he signs for it, and he walks away. And I said, it's a commodity. You can't charge $26 for a commodity. So we get the food and beverage guy who is defending and and not happy with me, obviously. <laughs> this is our cost, you know, blah, blah, blah. We bring it in. I said, it's not Kobe beef. You're never going to convince me it's 26 bucks. He says, well, all the menus are printed, and those are the prices, and I'm not willing to change it. Fair enough. Do you get comment cards? Yes. On the table were comment cards. I said, do you get a lot of them? He goes, yeah. I said, could we go get some? He goes, why? I said, I'd like to look at them. We go to his office, Dave, and they are in shoeboxes. Never read. Never opened. He He stacked them nicely. He stacked them nicely. (laughs) But never. Oh, man. So I said to him and the general manager, he and the general manager, I want each of you to randomly go into the box and grab a stack of cards. Just just do it. Now, now is, let's sit down. Is the GM your read. friend? Is the GM Who? your friend? The, the, general... well, the GM hired me to come down and work for them. <laughs> first day, let's go. Okay. Let's go. It was the first day. It oh, was the first day. Stop it. There's no way. Okay. Okay. You got. I got to do this stuff. All right. We started pulling out the cards, Dave. I can't believe the price of the hamburger. No hamburgers worth $26. This was a good hamburger, but it wasn't worth $26. On and on and on and on and on. And I turned to the general manager and I said, I rest my case. The tribe has spoken. And this food and beverage guy looks at both of us. He goes, 
I'm not changing the price. Would you be willing to do an experiment as long as it didn't change the price? He goes, you don't change the price, I'll do whatever you want. I said, okay. Effective today, that's a bottomless hamburger. What does that mean? That means you can get as many hamburgers as you want. You can want. eat as many hamburgers as you want, but we don't advertise it. We only talk about it after they've eaten their first hamburger when you come back and say, David, how was the burger? Are you full? Would you like another one? Now, Dave has eaten the burger, eaten the fries, drank his Coke, maybe had a beer. He doesn't necessarily want another burger. No. But the mere fact that he can have another burger in a box let's go in a box whatever <laughs> yes i'm i'm sure those comments went away it went up trifle in how they responded that is in crazy. tracking it less than 5% of the people actually ordered another burger oh man that is crazy that is crazy. See, see the difference? Yes. That's, I would. I'll, give you, I'll give you one you understand completely. I was doing some consulting for a dentist group. Okay. And I said, what's your biggest problem? He says, people are really objecting to the fact that filling a cavity is $175. I said, well, you know, it's not like you can go down the street and do it yourself, but what's the problem? He goes, they just think that's a very high price. I said, Let's try it a different way. So I said, when's your next patient that needs dental work? He goes, she's in there now. I said, can I talk to her? Give me a white coat like I'm the dentist. Well, I put on a white coat. No, no. Yeah. James, no. Come on. There's no way. Okay. There's no way. This is super. This is, this is, this is super thinking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Okay. So I said to the to the young lady, I said, They've already told you, correct, that this is how much it is. She goes, I can't I can't afford that. I, I just can't do it. I'm gonna have to live with it. And I said, How about if we fill the cavity for a hundred dollars? She says, I can do that. I said, Okay. I said, Did you want it to hurt? She goes, No. I said, Well, filling the cavity is a hundred dollars. If you wanted Novocaine, that's $100. I said, now, did you want it to hurt when he gives you the shot of the Novocaine? She goes, no. I said, that's $50. She goes, okay, sign me up. You see, once you understand what the pain point is, mm -hmm. then price isn't the issue. Price is never the issue. Price is only the issue when you're a commodity. If I say to somebody, let's just use a number. I get $10,000 a day for consulting. They freak out. They go nuclear. And I go, I'd like you to hire me for 10 days. And I guarantee that I'm going to impact your bottom line $1 million. And if I don't impact your bottom line a million dollars, I'll continue to work on projects until we do at no additional charge. Guy says, 
still $100,000. I go, yeah, but you're getting back $900,000. Oh, when you explain it to me like that, that's a good deal. <laughs> See the difference? Yes. Wow. James E. Felden, shift happens. Think inside the box. The book out is right now to reinvent yourself. Listen, I, I'm, 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 I'm already thinking crazy, like, cause, you know, I'm running this little small thing, right? And I've been doing it for so long. And one of these, these, uh, these, these, these things, like me as a, as a, as a, as a host or as a, as a radio station owner or podcast or whatever it is people call us these days, you know, I find it hard to try to get the, like, my, my, most of my clients, are unsigned artists, right? And I'll say, "Hey, this this is this is cheap, okay? But my price is going up. Don't worry. I'm gonna let them know." <laughs> so I'll say, twenty five dollars. Give us some support. We'll give you a flyer. We'll definitely do some research on you. We'll make you look like a superstar. And you know, we're not asking you to promote. It's going to be our job to promote, right? And, and then they're like, I don't know, man, $25, that's crazy, right? $25 is not crazy. <laughs> okay. That is not crazy. Um, and, and, and by the way, guys, yes, my price is going up. I'm, I'm telling How you. How long have you done this, Dave? I, oh, here we go. About 15 years. And you're still charging $25. Yep. Okay. How many podcasts do you do a day, a week, a month, whatever? Uh, about 12 a month. Okay. We're changing your business model right now. <laughs> okay. Here we go. James D. Feldman. If you guys don't get the book, you can't come to the show. Okay? Let's get serious. Today's price is... Yesterday's price is not today's price. That's what they say saying now. That's, that's what they say saying now. James... Do you are you active on social media and and are uh, or are you just you know just LinkedIn and and I'm I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Twitter I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram, but to tell you the truth, Dave, it is a real pain for me. Yeah, I spend more time on LinkedIn, so I constantly write articles, put up videos. So I put up two videos a week, and each video is under five minutes. Under five minutes. Most of them are under two minutes. So if you go to James D. Feldman on LinkedIn and just look at the videos, they've got music, they've got animation, they've got really valuable business tips. Definitely going to follow you. I think I asked for a thing. I think I asked. I think I, well, we're, we're going to talk more. So <laughs> we're definitely going to link this up. This is amazing. Thank you so much, James. Uh, the opportunity. And to talk to you and to change my brand. If you guys didn't know, this is going to cost me later. I already know. <laughs> this is going to cost this. It's five figures to talk to him. I got to talk to him for an hour. We all are in here. Thank you guys so much in chat for the cheers and mods. Stand by. It's going to be crazy. James, you got anything for our audience? I usually, I usually have this weird question at the end go ahead go ahead um 
for anyone starting up their brand, their entertainment career, as as I say, what are some key advice that you give them when they're when they're starting off? Because I know you don't just deal with the big guys; you got to deal with the small guys too. Stop trying to sell your big idea to small-minded people. I'm not. I'm trying to stay in this seat. I'm trying to stay in this seat. No one's ever gotten me off the seat. <laughs> Yo, James, tell me <laughs> one sentence, <laughs> one statement. <laughs> You asked for one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, James. Thank you so much. We definitely will be in contact, and I'll let you know when this is available. And uh, hopefully we talk before the holidays. If not, happy holidays. What are you talking about? (laughs) I want this up and running before Thanksgiving. Get off your butt. Okay. Got it. All right. We'll talk. uh, what's, What's today? Today is Tuesday. Uh... I take calls on the weekend too, so it's okay. All right, all right. Let's go with uh, yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk by tomorrow morning. I'll I'll send you okay. something in the morning. Okay. Thank you so much, James. My parting words to you, Dave. Get off your couch and take care of your own shift. <laughs> oh my God! That could go anywhere. Thank you so much. Get off your couch. Take care of your own shift. Thank you so much, James. You're welcome, buddy. We'll talk very soon. It's in your court. I I put my phone in the chat. We're going to help your listeners avoid thinkruptcy. This got to be in the book. It is. I should have got the book. (laughs) Thinkruptcy. Thinkruptcy. Thanks, James. Thanks again. Take care, buddy. It was a pleasure.